Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Habits You Love a thought-provoking podcast about self-love, self-healing, and spiritual evolution. I'm Kayla Fazio, the host, and I take you on the journey of my own trauma healing and share real, raw, and authentic life situations. My mission is to expand your mind to what you think is possible for you and provoke thoughts of looking at your own healing you may need and help you discover the power you have within you to build healthy habits and create a life you love. If you haven't yet, click the follow button and leave a review. Also, check out my website, www.habitsyoulove.com, where you can find even more resources, healing practices, and support. Now, let's get to the episode. Back to Habits You Love. I am so glad you're here. So I just want to say I have so many episode topics that I want to talk about. (laughs) I could probably do an episode a week for a very long time, but I'm definitely gravitating more towards the one I'm really passionate about. So the ones I've already done and the ones going forward are just going to be the ones that I feel the most about, feel the most feelings about. So hopefully you guys have liked the ones so far. Hopefully you'll like the ones going forward. And just know I always try to bring you the best, most educational, informational, juicy things possible. So today's episode is really near and dear to my heart. And you'll definitely find out why throughout the episode, but it's just honestly the best episode. It's going to be one you definitely want to re-listen to, download, make sure you don't miss it and save it, share it with people, send it to anyone you know. So I think this is one of the most foundational episodes that I'll have because it's really the basis of my podcast, of everything I do, of my life. Hopefully you enjoy and let's get started. So today's episode is going to be steps to your healing journey. I love talking about my healing journey and that's something I definitely could not say years ago but I absolutely love talking about it now. And I love talking about healing journeys in general. And I love helping people either get started on theirs or to navigate them. So there's going to be three different sections that we're going to talk about tonight. The first one, when you know you may need an emotional healing journey. The second, the four stages of a healing journey. And lastly, signs that you are going through or have gone through your emotional journey, your spiritual awakening, whatever you want to call it. 
So just know everyone has trauma. Everyone. No one is exempt from trauma, whether it be big or small, and everyone's scale of trauma is obviously going to be different. Everyone's experience with trauma is going to be different and just unique to them. So maybe you haven't gone through a huge monumental experience of trauma, a big trauma, as I like to call it. So for instance, obviously my big trauma was my mother taking her life. That was a huge traumatic thing that happened in my life, in our lives. That is huge. Another thing could be a near-death experience, whether you get into a car accident or just any sort of accident where you almost lose your life. That's a traumatic thing. Little trauma, those might include things that happen slowly over time that eventually obviously are traumatic and you have to go back and work through them, but they They were kind of these subtle, small things that you didn't really notice or they weren't as big at the time, but now they've definitely caught up to you and they kind of just caused one major problem or trauma, traumatic thing in your life. So that can be anything from maybe you had a parent that was in your life and then slowly over time started going in and out of your life and fading out completely and you feel like you have like this missing hole or you have issues with your relationships now because of that happening to you. So that's trauma. Or you had a medical condition that wasn't so bad when you first got it and you were like, okay, and then slowly over time it became bigger and more of a problem. Or you got picked on a little bit in school and then over time you realized how much that was not good and it really affected you, that bullying affected you later on in life. So I don't want to discredit anyone's trauma because trauma is trauma and we all need to work on our trauma, right? But just to say that there can be huge, big traumas and then little traumas. Maybe you haven't experienced a big trauma before. I know a couple of people that really haven't gone through anything really, really bad in their lives yet, hopefully never, but they do realize that they do have trauma just from earlier in childhood that they need to work through that's affecting their current reality. Everyone has had something they've had to face, whether we categorize it as big trauma or little trauma. In a recent study, it shows that nearly 51 million people in the U.S. are struggling with some form of mental health. And I'm assuming that most of these are going untreated, not for the lack of wanting to be better, but not knowing where to start, the shame or the guilt that plays into getting help or going to therapy, or just not even thinking they have issues at all that need to be addressed. Let me tell you, everyone has issues that needs to be addressed. No matter your age, no matter your race, no matter your gender, we all have something we are facing that needs to be worked on. So let's go over the five signs you may need emotional healing. Number one, you struggle with daily anxious thoughts. One of the biggest signs that you need emotional healing is that you are constantly worried or anxious. You may feel sad or consumed by worrying thoughts about the potential of something bad happening, whether it be to you, to your family, something in the future, you're constantly thinking about your past. The anxious thoughts definitely are getting in the way of your daily life. You may feel hopeless and that nothing good is going on in your life. Nothing is happening. Woe is me. I'm the victim. Nothing good happens to me ever. Everything always happens to everyone else. You're constantly anxious about something, whether it be big or small. So that's definitely a sign that you need to stop, look at your past, and work through some emotional traumas. Number two, you overreact to everything or almost everything. If you overreact to little things all the time, it definitely means you're struggling emotionally. 
Do you get angry in traffic? Do you go off on people if they are rude or in a restaurant or you don't get your way or your order is messed up? Are you getting angry at work regularly with your colleagues? These are signs that you may not be emotionally healthy. So if you struggle with feeling edgy or impatient or irritated or you have a very short fuse and you're ready to explode, definitely signs that you need some emotional healing in your life. I feel like anger is the most common sign of needing emotional help. Anger comes from being out of control or not being able to control a situation or a person that you want to have control over. When you are emotionally aware or healthy, none of that stuff matters. Being in control doesn't matter. You are so in flow. You are so at ease. You don't care if something happens and you can't control it. You don't care if this person's acting out of control and you can't control them. So it's an oxymoron. You can't be emotionally healthy and mature and intellectual and be an angry person all the time. It just doesn't go together. If you really think about anyone who's very like zen and calm and very just seems to have their emotional health together, they're probably not yelling at anyone or their family or friends or colleagues or whatever all the time. They definitely will have their instances and they will get upset and angry some of the time, but that just doesn't go together. Definitely a sign of anger is something you need to look at. Number three, lack of trust. Obviously, we all have people we trust, whether it be our friends, our family, our coworkers. But if you are constantly struggle with trusting people or you think someone's always out to get you or you suspect that these people are cheating on you or stealing from you or doing you wrong in some sort of way, a sign that you need emotional healing. Like if you're constantly suspicious, if you're constantly worrying, you're having these anxious thoughts about not trusting people, you're definitely having rational thoughts and this is not a good sign. This is definitely hindering you, getting in the way, affecting your emotions every single day, sending you down a spiral of negativity every single day. Lack of trust is a really big sign that we need to work on our emotions. Number four, constant negative feelings. Everyone struggles with negative feelings every single day. That's never going to go away. But if you are harboring negative feelings, it's very unhealthy for your mental state. Fear, worry, mistrust, anxiety. These are all negative feelings that can wear your body and mind down. If you find that your day is filled with negative thoughts most of the time that lead you to feeling sad, upset, angry, discouraged, that's a sign that you need emotional healing. If you wake up and you have negative thoughts and you let those thoughts just control your entire day, ruin your day, send you down a rabbit hole, and then everything else throughout your day is going to be affected by that one thought you had in the morning. These are constant negative feelings that you're having. And so you cannot be a positive person and have negative feelings. It just doesn't go together. Thoughts create emotions and emotions create actions. So if your actions are reflecting anything negative, just work backwards work backwards to your emotions and your emotions come from your thoughts. So we have to work on these negative thoughts. Are you able to shake off these negative feelings or do they affect your ability to work or function at home? You need to step back and figure out what causes these feelings or do they seem to overtake you without any warning? We cannot allow our negative feelings to crowd the joy in our life or stop us from doing the things that we love or hurting people in our lives that we love as well. So here's a couple of tips that you can do and I know these have really, really helped me. These are some self-healing, self-care practices you can start doing to work through negative feelings. Journaling for one. Journaling is my keystone habit that I have to do every single morning in order for my day to to really go in a positive direction. Within 10 minutes of waking up, I have my journal and pen in my hand. I have to declutter my brain 
I always wake up with some sort of negative feeling. My mind just goes 100 miles an hour as soon as I wake up, thinking about the future, thinking about the day, thinking about what I have to do. And it just like keeps going and going and going. And so I have to sit down with my journal and get out all of these thoughts, definitely get out all the negative ones, disprove them, say their lies, tell them they don't belong in your brain. So just decluttering your brain with journaling first thing in the morning. Exercising, again, a huge thing for me in the morning. It definitely clears my mind, gets the endorphins going. I feel like my day just runs so much smoothly if I do get that workout first thing in the morning. Not to say you have to get it first thing in the morning, but definitely try to move your body, get exercise, go on a walk, get fresh air, whatever you got to do to relieve those negative feelings and emotions. And lastly, I know you don't want to believe it or think it, but food definitely affects your mood. We have to be eating a nutritious, nourishing, well-balanced diet instead of foods high in sugar, high in carbs. These are definitely affecting your mind, your brain, your attitude, just everything chemically going on inside of you. So eating natural foods instead of processed foods is definitely something you can control right now that will help with these negative feelings. And lastly, number five, poor sleep or lack of sleep. So studies found that individuals who are sleep deprived are prone to irritability, sadness, frustration, and anger. Lack of sleep obviously puts you in a bad negative mood. I mean, you're already tired. You already didn't get good sleep. The same studies say lack of sleep can result in a mood disorder like anxiety, depression, or bipolar disorders. So that's kind of the mental psychiatric conditions that sleep can cause mentally. On the physical side, your physical health will definitely be hindered and take a turn. This can go from anything from heart problems to a stroke, to immune problems, to high blood pressure, to the inability to concentrate, to even type 2 diabetes. So we have to be prioritizing our sleep, whether that's getting into the habit of shutting down screens an hour before you go to bed or reading before you go to bed. I've gotten into the habit of turning on YouTube videos when I go to bed. I put my phone far away from my bed so I don't wake up all throughout the night and check my phone. I put on a sleep meditation. If you just YouTube sleep meditation, there are so many different kinds, whether that be for affirmations, anxiety, trauma healing, everything you could think of, there is a YouTube sleep meditation for it. Some of them are guided, so they'll be talking most of the time. Some of them are a little bit of talking with music, and then sometimes they're just noises or sounds or music. So I have found those to be really helpful. They put me to sleep. I get really good sleep. I wake up and I feel really refreshed. And I feel like I just got a really good, deep, good night's sleep. So again, those are the five signs you may need to go on an emotional healing journey. You struggle with daily anxious thoughts. You overreact to everything or a lot of things. You have a lack of trust in people, especially the people you should be trusting that haven't shown any signs of mistrust. You have constant negative feelings and you get poor sleep. The next thing I'm going to talk about is the four stages of healing. This is when you're going through one and there can actually be five in this. I would say the number one is a stage, but it's more of an acceptance and an acknowledgement that you need help. But I also believe that that is one of the biggest things you can do is just the acknowledgement that you need help, declaring it, saying it out loud. I need help. I want to fix myself. I want to work on myself. That's the biggest step you can take right there. So I would say that's a step, but there are four other steps that you will go through. These are all personally ones that I went through. Not to say you will. I feel like people don't want to start a self-healing journey because they know it's going to be hard. Let me tell you, it's going to be hard. If I would have known the things I know now, would I have even started it? I don't know the answer to that. 
it has been very tough, but I can also say simultaneously, it's been the most important work I've ever done on myself. The most valuable thing I've ever done on myself. If you listen to the, it does end here podcast, I talk about how when I left California and I moved to Florida because I had to, all I left with was the clothes that I had, the shoes that I had and my dog. And to many people that would seem like I left with nothing, but I also left with the most valuable thing that I can ever possess. And that is my emotional health, my emotional intelligence. And I would not trade that for anything. All the money I would not trade that for. That felt so good to be so strong mentally. It's have come so far. Sure, I didn't have a lot of material possessions, but I had the most valuable thing you yourself can own. That is the control over your mindset. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So let me go through the four stages of healing. And these are taken from the holistic psychologist, her page. If you don't follow her, highly recommend Dr. Nicole Lapira. She is amazing. I've been following her for like six years. She is everything healing, self-healing, self-healers. She has a thing called self-healer circle. She has a book called how to do the work. Definitely recommend. That's my number one book on my list. I've read it twice. I will always recommend it. I'll link it in the show notes. It's called How to Do the Work. But according to her, these are the four stages, and I 100% went through all of these. So the very first one is the darkness. Sounds really bad, right? (laughs) But it's true. You really have to kind of go backwards before you can go forward. You have to pull yourself back before you can slingshot forward. So this time is really going to be a lot of frustration, a lot of confusion, not really sure what's happening, no direction, kind of depressed, and a lot of emotions. Because when you're unpacking years of trauma, of history, of family history, sexual history, it's gonna be really heavy. It's gonna be really hard to get all that out. It's gonna take time to do that. That doesn't feel very good, but you just have to know that that's all in an effort to make you feel good later on. So the very first step is the darkness. Just know that this is totally normal when you start a self-healing journey. You're probably wondering like, wait, I thought I was really trying to work on myself to get better. Why am I feeling depressed? Why am I feeling so confused? Why do I have so much lack of clarity? I promise it is a necessary step to go through that. 
The second step is the isolation. When I was going through my healing journey, I was definitely isolated, but I also take into account the circumstances I was in. I was in a brand new city, didn't have any friends and have any family. So I was already kind of a little isolated in that sense. Figuratively and literally, you will be isolated. You will feel alone. You will think you are the only one going through this. You will think you are the only one that has problems that you have a permanent negative cloud that's raining on you at all times, following you around everywhere you go and that everyone else just just has clear blue skies over them. You may become a hermit. You will be isolated and really can't handle social situations anymore or during this time. And that's not a bad thing. You'll definitely get to this place where you just don't want to be around anyone because you are going through a lot. You're going through a phase of life where all that stuff you used to do, going out to impress people, going out to clubs, whatever it may be, that all of a sudden does not become important anymore. So you will kind of retract. You'll kind of get back to yourself. You'll want to be by yourself. You'll want to sit with your feelings. You really won't want to be around a lot of people all the time. It's kind of a little too much stimulation going on all at once. So just know that that's totally normal. The isolation phase comes after the darkness. You'll want to be alone for a little bit, but that's totally normal. It's totally okay. And do not think there's anything wrong with you if you just need a break from the way you've done life up until this point so far and the people you have hung out with. The third phase of a healing journey is the rebirth. I love this phase. It is a good place to be. When you become consciously aware, you know you are fixing yourself. You are feeling better emotionally. You can tell your thoughts are getting better every single day and you are healing. This is such a good place to be because at this point, everything just becomes a little bit lighter. The negative thoughts seem to subside things that you were once anxious about, you're no longer anxious about. You're not fighting as much with your partner or spouse. You're not yelling as much at your kids. Your work seems to be going better. You can just tell by your thoughts, how you're acting, how you're behaving. You're laughing, you're smiling, you're joking around, whatever it may be. You can tell things are getting better. Now at this place also, a lot of things aren't changing too. Like your environment isn't changing. Nothing huge is going on or changing or happening. It's just you wake up and you do the same routine every single day, but somehow, some way your thoughts and your feelings are such in a more positive place. I am going through a mini healing right now on a certain area of my life that I'm trying to heal. And I feel like I am right now in the rebirth phase. I chose to be alone from January up until now. I'm in Colorado by myself. I'm really alone most of the time. I would say 80% of my life I'm alone. I purposely chose that. I went through a darkness the first couple months, the beginning of this year. I'm in isolation, but now I really feel like I'm in the rebirth stage. And that feels so good because just recently, a couple months ago, the beginning of the year, I had so many negative, anxious, fearful, depressive thoughts almost every day. I had multiple breakdowns. I would cry multiple times a week, just breaking down. And now I feel like all of that is like almost pretty much gone. I don't have those thoughts or feelings anymore about that. I haven't cried in quite some time. I can feel like emotionally I'm just getting better and I'm happier and I'm content. But at the same time, nothing has really changed in my life significantly. I wake up and I do the same things all the time, but it feels so good to know mentally I'm getting better because you have to feel better emotionally, mentally before you get the things that you want out of life. So for me, I had this split energy and I was always so off because I wanted these things. Like I wanted them to happen 
I wanted this, I wanted that, I wanted my business to do this, I wanted this many clients, but I was off emotionally. And so I had to work on myself emotionally to get there. It was never gonna come into my reality if I wasn't in alignment with it. I had to, okay, this is just how it is. I had to accept the fact that I can't take enough action to get there. If I'm not there emotionally or mentally in a complete alignment with what I want, it's never going to happen. So I just sat with myself in my feelings, worked through these difficult feelings, this difficult time in my life, but I feel like I'm in the rebirth stage and that feels so good. So that's the third phase of a healing journey. The last phase is the calling. The calling on your life. This is where you start to share your truth, to share your story. You're an inspiration to other people and you're letting people know they aren't alone. This doesn't have to mean you went through a healing journey and now your calling is sharing about your healing journey. That's not the case. You could have some realizations that maybe you don't want that negative toxic job situation anymore. Maybe you don't want that toxic relationship anymore. Maybe you want to pursue a passion that you have said you wanted to start. It could be so many things like the calling on your life starts to become more and more present and like in your face of this is what you are meant to be doing. You just had to clear the way and order to see it. I personally believe that this is my calling. This is why I'm talking about this. I think that I went through everything that I went through so I could share my story, speak my truth and relay this information to you guys, but it's not going to be the same for everyone. And you don't have to say it in a massive way. You don't have to go on social media all the time and say, you don't have to have a podcast. You don't have to have magazine interviews, whatever. It could be you're affecting the five people around you. It could be you're affecting your family because you broke that generational curse. You broke that cycle of your family not working on themselves and not having their own healing journeys. And when you go through your own, you may inspire them to do the same. So that could also be a calling on your life too, just helping and being an inspiration for the people in your close circle. So that's really the four stages of a healing journey. Again, the darkness, the isolation, the rebirth, and the calling. Lastly, we are going to talk about signs you are healing or have healed. And I love these really, really, really good signs that you are healing or have healed. So the first one, irresponsible, inconsistent behavior no longer seems sexy, attractive, or appealing. 100%. We are no longer accepting inconsistent behavior, drama, ghosting, all the things. We no longer want to chase that. We are here for consistent behavior, maturity, all the things. I remember I used to go for the bad boys. Like I, there was so much drama in my relationships and I just thought that was normal. And it kind of even made me want them even more because I was trying to get something that I couldn't have. You know, I wanted something I couldn't have. And so that was always so attractive to me or like made me want to chase. And now I'm so over that. Who wants that (laughs) in their life? So that's definitely a sign that you have healed. Another one is you stop betraying yourself to be chosen, liked, or accepted. 100%. You no longer buy the things. You no longer do the things. You no longer wear the things. You no longer go to the places where you are trying to be validated from other people whose opinion really does not matter at the end of the day. You start choosing yourself. You start accepting yourself. You love yourself. And you stay in your lane of your emotional healing, no matter who you have to cut out. Another one is you're okay with and enjoy being alone. This is really important too. You should be able to sit with yourself, with your feelings and not freak out. You know, you should be able to sit, be calm, be present. If you can't handle being alone, you're in bad company. So if you can handle being alone, you know, you're in good company with your own self. So being able to be alone is super important. You don't want to be that person that has to constantly be with someone. That's just 
proves that you're like disassociated from your own self, your own feelings, your own emotions, and you can't handle being alone. So if you can handle being alone, just know that's a really good sign. You start setting boundaries and saying no. Again, another huge monumental pivotal time in your healing. When you set boundaries, I used to be such a yes girl. I would always say yes. I hated disappointing people. I always wanted to help people, but that started turning into putting other people's needs before my own. I had to draw that line in the sand at some point. I'm an entrepreneur. I had to eventually raise my prices, say, nope, this is what I deserve. This is what I'm worth. Setting those boundaries, saying no. I promise when you set boundaries, you're not being mean. You're just protecting your own energy. Honestly, people will respect you for setting those boundaries. They don't want to see someone overextending themselves, constantly running themselves ragged, always saying yes when you really don't want to say yes. You want to say no, but you feel obligated. So just know when you start saying no, setting those boundaries, you have a huge shift in your healing. You realize there is nothing wrong with you and you just need to unlearn some things you picked up along your childhood. There is nothing wrong with any of us. We are not bad. We have done nothing wrong. We have just learned patterns or witnessed things that have looped and programmed into our minds, especially from childhood up until this point where you are, that honestly, you just need to unlearn. That's all it is. You did nothing wrong. A lot of the times we think we are bad or we think we are shameful for things that someone else has told us that we are bad or shameful for. If you think about it, when you're growing up as a child and your parents are scolding you, they're telling you you're bad. This is bad. You are bad if you do that. When really you're not bad. Everything can be turned around. There is nothing wrong with you. You've done nothing wrong. You're not a bad person. You've just picked up and looped behaviors over and over and over again that just need to be unwound, unlearned, and forgotten about and move on from those. And lastly, a big one, you realize that people's behaviors have nothing to do with you and it's just a reflection of them and where they are emotionally or on their own healing journey. We've all had people lash out at us, yell at us, do mean things to us, say mean things to us, And at the time, we probably took it very personally. We probably thought that was true about ourselves. Just know that that is a reflection and a projection of that person's thoughts about themselves, anything they do to you, act towards you, whatever they do. That's just as far emotionally as they can go, whether that's a good or bad thing. Not to say that has to be a negative anger, yelling, fighting thing. It could also be someone's not ready for a relationship or they can't love you like they want to love you because they're hurting themselves from past relationships or, and you know, they're not doing anything bad, but it's just, you're not getting what you deserve out of something. And that's not a reflection of you or your worth. It's just how far they have gone emotionally. It's like they hit a wall and you're past that wall. You're like running, you're sprinting and they're kind of jogging behind you. And you're like, Hey, keep up with me. Do this, do that, do this. And they're like, I physically, mentally, literally can't do that. I'm not there yet. So that's another way that people's behaviors can be projected on you is in a not a negative way, but also not a positive way. It's kind of just a neutral, not good or bad, but that's just as far as they can go emotionally. Again, the signs you are healing are inconsistent behavior is no longer appealing to you. You stop betraying yourself to be validated by other people. You are okay with being alone and you actually enjoy being alone. You set boundaries, you start saying no, you realize there is nothing wrong with you, you are not bad. And you realize that people's behaviors have nothing to do with you, it's just a reflection of themselves and how far they are emotionally in their journey. When I think of a self-healing journey, I think of a flower. 
a flower that's been in your garden for a really long time. But over time, the conditions made it wither away. You know this flower has the potential to be what it once was. So instead of completely disregarding it or trying to plant it somewhere else, you simply uproot it and replant it back in the same spot. Only this time, you plant new soil. You take care of this soil, you water it, and you nurture it. All of a sudden, your flower comes back to life. It's reached its full bloom, and it stands out above any other flower in the garden. We have to water our soil. We have to take care of the place in which our flowers are trying to blossom and bloom. You don't go around trying to plant your flower in a new spot. You take care of it in the place it's always been. Only this time, you know the soil is much stronger, much healthier, and much more supportive of the flower to reach its full potential. Oprah asks every person she interviews, what do you know for sure? When Oprah asks me this question when I'm being interviewed by her one day, (laughs) my answer will be this. Your self-healing journey is the most important job you can do in this lifetime. It is strange, I'll admit, because nothing changes, but simultaneously, everything changes. Everything in your life starts to look brighter, starts to feel better, starts to feel at ease. You have more love. You have more compassion. The negativity starts to subside. The anxiety starts to subside. The depression starts to subside. You feel happier. You feel better. You feel at peace. You feel in flow. You feel at ease. You'll wake up and you'll do the same thing every single day. You'll still drive to work. You'll still work out. You'll still pick up your kids from school. You'll still make dinner and talk to your spouse or partner. But somehow, everything is different. And that is why your self-healing journey is the best thing you can do for yourself. See you next week. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.